Hello, I'm your host Jim McLean. Welcome to the latest edition of the Bandaflix podcast. <laughs> so I'm joined now by Aaron Flanagan from the Comic Book Guys. We're here in the store in Great Victoria Street and we're going to be talking about Thanos. So before we go into talking about the character's kind of mythology and his own kind of comic book background, mm. tell me a wee bit about his creation. For anyone who's not that familiar with him, Tell me about when did we first see him appearing within Marvel's back catalogue and who were those people that were involved in the creation of Thanos. Okay. Um, Thanos, right off the bat, in my eyes, is one of the coolest characters ever created by Marvel. You know, he's one of their biggest villains now, both in stature, obviously, and in, in what they're doing in the movie franchise as well. But originally he was created in, 19, I think it was 1973, and he first appeared in an Iron Man comic, actually. Um, everybody thinks it must have been in his own, but it was in an Iron Man comic along with uh, Drax the Destroyer. And the two of them appeared really as, as just subpar characters, as, as filler characters. Uh, and at the time, Jim Starlin, who's both a writer and an artist, you know, came up with the idea of creating Thanos. I think that the, the reason that they created him in the style that they did uh, was because at the time, Jim Starlin was very, very heavily influenced by Jack Kirby, and Kirby had just very, very recently before that um, came up with the idea of the New Gods, which obviously included Darkseid. And everybody, when you see Thanos, goes, he looks a double of Darkseid. And it's because he is pretty much a heavily influenced character. Rip-off. Blatant, blatant, blatant <laughs> rip-off. <laughs> I think rip-off's a bit of a harsh a harsh way to put it. I think highly influenced is a, is a better way. Um, you know, the character, yes, certainly has similar traits, has very similar um, abilities, has very similar look. In fact, yeah, pretty much a rip-off. Like, but <laughs> for the most part, um, ripping off the best, the sort of best villain that DC had at the time. Um, so Marvel wanted to create somebody who, who was up there. And to give somebody the omnipotent power of Thanos, um, you know, was cert- f- fairly well... Um, documented but the more and more the comics sort of went in his origin story and the more the, the story started to look at where he came from that's when you got a good feel of, of how he's very very different to Darkseid not just his appearance uh, yeah well look as I said I'm, I'm coming to this I'm not uh, a Thanos expert I'm more DC we've talked about this in the past but how do we see that character evolve from the bit part player you're talking about to someone who's a pretty big part of the Marvel comic book universe but also central to the MCU. Yeah. Do you know what? It's a weird one. In the comic book sphere over the last 20 years, Thanos has definitely came into prominence more. You know, as I say, he certainly did start out as a bit part a bit part character. Um, Jim Starlin, when he created him, I think, yeah, I remember him saying that he actually came up with the idea when he was in a, a psych class. He wanted to let his inner rage out, so he created the character Thanos. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of human traits about Thanos and that's the reason why I think a lot of artists and writers chose him as the central villain in their stories because you could although he was this megalomaniac with all this power I think he was still relatable you know his backstory when he was a kid in one of the one of the most famous Thanos stories out there um, Thanos Rising which is probably my favourite uh, at the very very start of it, it's really sad as a child when he's born Thanos' mother tries to kill him and the rest of his life he's trying to make amends for not being good enough and he's trying to claw back some of that sort of feeling that he was a mistake and I think a lot of people can relate with those human traits and feelings that he had so I think by choosing him as a central villain in the MCU was a a stroke of genius because again like we've said before some of the, the villains in life and some of the most horrific things in life are 
ourselves. So we see a lot of ourselves in the likes of Thanos. Apart from the fact he's like a 15 foot monster with all his superpowers. But um, I think that's why they've chose him for those reasons. But, you know, there's a lot of other, you know, in terms of the villains, there's a lot of other stronger villains that could have went for. But based on some of the stories like Infinity War, Infinity Gauntlet, Gauntlet, where he rose to massive prominence, I think those are the ones and those are the stories that really brought him to fame. You know, uh, he, right up to the point of the 90s, he was a, a B-string character. And then when Infinity Gauntlet came out, you know, that was it for him. He became the big, big villain. I still think, though, you know, for even comics that are being released today, he would still rank... You know, I think there's I've read polls before, and he ranks in and around a sort of fifteen twentieth best supervillain. So you know, in terms of the comic sphere, he's still not seen as the most um, or the biggest villain. But for the MCU to use him as the final phase of what they're going through at the minute was a stroke of genius. Okay, so for anyone who, for anyone listening who's not overly familiar with the character, I know we've talked there about his, his creation. Tell us a wee bit about his his own backstory. So, who is Thanos? He was born as one of the Eternals. He had the genes of the Eternals. There's a name for it, there's an actual name for the gene, but even I'm not that clued up and nerdy enough to know no, that. Forbidden planet, I'll know. Yeah, fuck, I know, check me out. Um, but anyway, he has. He was born with the gene of a, of a god. Um, he was born in Titan. You know, Titan, obviously, a lot of the, the same sort of traits of the new gods. It was all super-powered, um, massive, big sort of villainous creatures were born there but again his backstory is one of the saddest backstories there is in comics when he was born as a child his mother didn't want him and she tried to kill him it didn't work out that way um as he grew older and became you know in his his adolescent life he's a wee bit like um jeffrey dahmer in in a sense now i mean that's a weird comparison but i say that because during his adolescent sort of life he he started to realize that he quite liked the feeling of killing people he quite liked the feeling of having power over other people um and it was you know at that point that's when he really started to become a bit of a megalomaniac and and turned into the villain that he's became but he got so bad that you know in some of the stories of thanos he had lots of kids you know thanos went around all these all these sort of planets impregnating all these women creatures other demons all sorts we've all been there (laughs) but as he was doing this he fell in love with death herself and during this time, she said to prove his own damn love, he had to kill all of his kids. So he literally went around and tried to kill every single last one of his children. And that was, again, an indication of how much of a, a nutbag he was, you know, to do that. So Thanos' story is one that's sad, but also a bit disturbing like so over the years they really have explored that and again that's another great reason why i I can't wait to see what they do with it in the on the mcu on screen because you've only really had very fleeting moments of him at the minute you know if they do the thanos that's in infinity gauntlet in the comic my god that is gonna be out of this world the guy scared the shit out of me when i was a kid i read that comic when i was what was it 12 or something and there's a panel one panel, I remember closing the book thinking, fuck, if he could actually do that. He clicks his fingers and half the planet just disappears. He has the, um, and that's why he's looking for the, the Infinity Gems, you know. He's looking for all the stones to have complete and utter power. But obviously, the Avengers are there to stop him. Well, we'll have to see, because none, <laughs> none of us have seen the film yet. But, you know, again, I, I, there's a couple of things I do want to ask you, but you know, we'll start with another big part of the movie is the the Black Order. Mm. So, so for anyone again, the uninitiated, you know, who who are they? What do they do? And what do they want? 
Black Order, again, you know, a relatively new sort of, not new, but newish team. Um, and they are sort of Thanos' right hand sort of squadron. They sort of interchange. But the main right hand man of Thanos is Corius Glaive. Um, and then you've got obviously people like Ebony Maw and Proxima Midnight. They're the sort of main characters and the main the main characters in um, the Black Order. They've all got varying powers, but the one that is to say the the one that I would say is probably the most probably the the most shocking and most fearful is Ebony Maw. He can control minds and he can make you do what you you know. He has the ability to to change your perceptions and and. In the comics, again, it looks like, uh, even from the trailer, it looks like that's where they're going with the film. In the comics, he actually mind controls Doctor Strange. And at the point of controlling Doctor Strange, he finds out where one of the gems are, which obviously is what Thanos is after. So Thanos is very clever to use these three characters um, as his sort of cavalry to go out, get the information that's needed, kill people he needs to kill, and find out where all the gems are. So the Black Order is essentially his squadron supreme. It's his little axe force. It's his little bundle of joy uh who you know again are are very uh, he doesn't care much for them because in, in the comics he actually kills his right hand man um you know coy's glaive just because you know they, they didn't see idi so they are a, a team who can be very quickly changed to what thanos wants it to be they are disposable they're essentially expendable but they all have extremely horrific superpowers that can and do um sort of beat the avengers Everybody needs their own team nowadays. I look back to the old days of when people could just go out and do things themselves, Aaron. Now, we've talked about the MCU, we've talked about the cinematic universe. What for you, you know, what are your recommended reads? You know, yeah. not to be shameless and brazen, Aaron. Yep. For people listening here who are going to drop down into the store, or dare I say it, down into Forbidden Planet, or, or any other comic book store, you know, what are your recommended reads for, for people who want to swat up now? Mm. I know you're probably going to say Infinity Wars, yeah. the, the obvious choice, but, yeah. but for you, what are your recommended reads for people who want to know more about Thanos? Yeah, I mean, the Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity War are two very, very obvious places for people to jump in. For me, though, they're not the best starting point. I think something like Thanos Rising, you know, it was done by Jason Aaron late sort of mid 2000s late 2000s great read uh, it gives you a good background into his origin story it gives you a good flavor of the type of character he is and it's a short wee run it's only about five or six issues which we have available in store so feel free to call down and get it um there's also you know that's a great story another sort of another sort of one of the most iconic stories that thanos appeared in uh, was annihilation annihilation you know focused on lots of different sort of key characters that tried to take out thanos but it's a again it's a it was 10 or 12 parts to a comic and it's about warlock and you know it gives you a good flavor again of thanos but more the world that he's surrounded by and the world that he's created and trying to destroy so again it's another brilliant read annihilation um to be fair i haven't really read too many bad thanos stories you know they usually pick very very well if you really want to swat up on him go back to his very first appearance you know it's an iron man 55 uh, and again it's the first appearance of drax from the guardians of the galaxy and i think that it's one of those stories that gives you, again, a really, really good insight into what Thanos originally was created, you know, created as and for, but how much he's changed for the film. Um, so, yeah, I would say Thanos Rising for sure, and certainly Annihilation I would look into. Now, I wouldn't want to be overly naive. Mm. I would probably assume that Marvel right now, because we have Thanos in the front and centre now within the, the Avengers MCU what is the future for his comic book appearances is there anything 
big in the in the kind in of the in in the works that's that's coming up that again they might want people who see you know the latest Avengers film and then will jump back and start reading the the comic books. Well, the great thing about the movies that a lot of people would probably disagree with me. I think the movies have actually helped the comic world for a great part. The comics should always be the thing that influences the the TV and the movies. But what the movies are doing is bringing characters to prominence who not who might not necessarily be in the comic eye at the minute. Now, the good thing about Thanos is Thanos, as I say, over the last twenty years. They've given him a lot more sort of central roles and central parts in the comics, but they've recently given him his own run. Um, I think it was Jason Aaron was doing that one as well, uh, or it was Jeff Lemire, and it's a six, it's up to issue sixteen or something so far. But they've introduced characters like the Cosmic Ghost Rider and a few other big, big characters that they plan to do big things within the the, the Marvel you know Mar- Marvel universe and the comic books at the minute. So um, Thanos is getting a good time in the comics, and what's to come? Well. To be honest, he's died a few times in the comics and they've brought him back. When so has that ever stopped a comic book here? You know, he's died a few times in comics, but you know, to do with the things like the Soul Stone can bring anybody back. and So there's all sorts of ways you can bring characters back. I have a feeling that he'll get bumped off again and they'll bring him back. But there's nothing massive in the works at the minute. I imagine um, you know, this, the current run with Thanos is one of the most popular runs that we sell. Um, you know, I think that's in part to do with what's going on in the cinematic universe, but also to do with the talent of the writers and artists that they've got because the story arcs they're creating for him at the minute it's more than him just being some big creature who's overbearing and who can take out the world it is showing his sort of empathetic side as well as um, you know his his crazy side too so Thanos in the current comic sphere is getting a good, a good go of it um, they've put a really good creative team behind him and as I say if you're looking at a good place to jump on I would certainly start at the start of this run, uh, it's you know it's a fairly modern run, very accessible to to most ages, and certainly really really good story arcs to Because we like to put you on the spot, what are the the deeper cuts? What are the more obscure Thanos reads that you might recommend to comic book fans? You know, as I say, I throughout the years I've I've read a lot of different Thanos stories, but one that I think is quite a good one to jump into now that might go a little unseen um it's right in the middle of a run actually new avengers was a run there in uh, 2014 crack and run lasted for 50 60 issues whatever it was but right in the middle of that around the issue 20s and 30s that's where the black order were first introduced and obviously that's ties in very very well with what thanos is doing so it's a great great read to start and uh you know as i say although it's right in the middle of a storyline um it's a new it's a new story arc that starts around issue 23 24 so i would personally say something like the new avengers um again it's very accessible for all ages but it gives you a great flavor into the types of characters that they're introducing into the mcu so that's a good deeper cut um another one something like you know the, the original run of guardians was good but even the 2014 run of guardians again around that time 2014 was around the time when marvel were rebooting and as part of that reboot the focus in on characters that had sort of not got a lot of our time so they did channel a lot of what thanos was doing with that and in the guardians of the galaxy run there was a great six-part story arc right in the middle of it um about thanos and again something because it's in the middle of a run it's not like infinity war infinity gauntlet which are self-contained arcs these are planted sort of hidden uh, in these longer runs and people sort of forget about them so those are ones as deeper cuts for the the proper nerd to maybe have a look into but certainly anybody before you watch um infinity i would suggest reading that new avengers run because not even the whole run just those few issues because they introduced the black order and 
they do seem to be a prominent factor in what the film's going to be doing. So give yourself a bit of background to these characters. After that, Infinity Gauntlet. Read it, love it, enjoy it. It's the best book out there. Uh, and then after that, you've watched a film, you'll want to read things like Infinity War, Infinity Saga, when Adam Warlock brings Thanos back to life with its soul, you know, the gemstone. It's class. The whole ethereal sort of route that the cosmic galaxy and, and what Marvel are doing with the cosmic galaxy is phenomenal and if the film franchise can do what the comic franchise has done over the last 20 years we've really got something to look forward to and hopefully from this they'll start going down the route of bringing people like galactus into it and having other heralds of, of galactus like silver surfer back into the mcu so fingers crossed um thanos opens up the door to much bigger and scarier things to come i'm, go- I'm gonna wrap things up because you do have a shop to run but uh you know just bringing it personal to yourself you've talked there about uh, Thanos Rising being one of your favorites but uh, generally for you who are the artists who are the writers that for you best capture like I mean if I could ask you like you've mentioned earlier on like about a certain panel yeah you know what are the panels that for you the artists that have really grabbed that character and what he's all about yeah again it's you know not to go over something we've talked about already the artist and writer really that encapsulates Thanos for me is it was Jim Starlin the stuff that I, I'm a big fan of Starlin's in general you know he's done so much um, in the Marvel sphere but that particular run uh, in his you know in his creation of Thanos if it wasn't for him we would never have had him as a character so that one panel though is a saying Infinity Gauntlet where he clicks his fingers it is going to be used I imagine in the film because it is such an iconic image and such an iconic Really, it's iconic in the whole comic world. There's not many panels that people can remember offhand. You know, it's not one of those things that people go, do you remember that one time when in a film? In comics, because there's 28 pages, you don't often remember just one small panel. But that one had a lasting impact on me because, you know, for somebody who can literally just take out the world or half the world with a click of the fingers, and it was such a simple panel. It was literally just a thumb click. And... You know, you didn't need to show the face, you didn't need to show anything. It was just his thumb. Now, albeit it was in a big fucking gauntlet, so, you know, it's a hell of a click. But um, I, that that is one of the most iconic panels of Thanos for me. And even just seeing him in that with that gauntlet is incredible. He just looks a class character. There's not many other characters that, that come to mind that when you see them, you think, fuck, that's impressive. You know, he looks big, he looks scary, he looks like he could take you out. Not on a date. Well, I w- I'd go to date with Thanos. Maybe he's, maybe he's a bad guy with a heart of gold. Right, Aaron, I think that's a perfect place to leave this. Thank you very much, Aaron. Thank you, Jim. So that pretty much brings this podcast to a close. Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode. If you can't wait until then, don't forget you can check out our website for our complete back catalogue. But for now, until our next episode, goodbye.